0: I'm not even going to play with anybody. I'm not even going to make up anything funny for the introduction of the title. This was the most boring day at the Euros so far. Hello, welcome to match day. Eight coverage of the Euros here at Bavarian Podcast Works. My name is Jake Fenner. Three games played today. Three goals scored in all three of them. Let's start off with the first game of the day, which has one of the three. Sweden versus Slovakia at the Krestovsky Stadium in St. Petersburg. The goal was not scored until the 77th minute when uh, Martin Dubrovka came very far off of his line to try and challenge Robin Klaisson of Mainz. He completely misses the ball and gets Kaisan's feet. Referee calls it a penalty. Dubrovka correctly guesses what side Forsberg is going to slot it into, Emil Forsberg of Leipzig, uh, but Forsberg places it so neatly into the side of the net that it goes past him, 1-0, and that's their final score. That was it. That was the only goal scored of this entire game. If you got up at 9 o'clock in the morning East Coast time or 6 o'clock in the morning West Coast time and you felt angry... I totally understand, because I would be angry too. Looking at stats provided by Footmobe, 42% possession for Sweden, 58 for Slovakia. And you're telling me, Slovakia, that you're going to lose on 58% possession? With 58% possession, you're telling me you're only going to put up a 0.51xg and 10 shots in total with 58% possession? Because that's what happened. 1.78 XG for Sweden to 0.51 for Slovakia. 1.78 XG on 42% possession. 13 shots to 10. So not only did Sweden possess the ball less, but still had a higher XG, they had more shots. They didn't have nearly as good of a pass rate. They had a 4% lower pass rate than Slovakia. Slovakia had 88 Sweden had 84. Slovakia, you have 58% possession. You have 10 shots. You have none on target. At all. The whole game. All of 90 minutes. You had 58% possession. And you did not have a single shot on target. I'm glad I slept through this one. Uh four shots on target for Sweden of their 13, 8 from inside the box. Um Slovakia just just do better in your third game. Just just do better. We're we're moving on. We're not even going to consider that one anymore. We're going to move on to the most entertaining game of the day. A 1 1 draw between Croatia and the Czech Republic at Hampton Park. And we're going to start off in the 37th minute with the one thing that marked this game a penalty given in the 37th minute. It's not a penalty. I, I just want to state that clear and ahead of time. I know I just said that a penalty was scored, but it was not a penalty. It it was nowhere close to actually being a penalty. Uh, Patrick Schick and Dejan Lovren go up for a crossed ball. Lovren catches Schick in the face with an elbow. But it looks like it, it. It looks like that Lovren didn't even you know, like, hit him until the ball had been headed away, and more importantly, like, what's Lovren supposed to do? Jump with his hands behind his back? Like, it wasn't an unnatural motion. It did not look like, like, Lovren was purposely, like, swinging his elbow back to hit Schick. That's not what happened at all. And in fact, the referee didn't even call it a penalty in real time or even consider that it was a penalty in real time until he looked back, realized that Patrick Schick was on the ground, stopped the game to make sure that Schick was being taken care of, and then in his earpiece, the video assistant referee was like, oh, yeah, let's go ahead and check this. And to me, that wasn't a clear and obvious error of a missed penalty call. It's not a clear and obvious error to me. I wouldn't have given it a penalty. though I do I will admit, right uh, ESPN Sebastian Salazar said this. he said if this was in the middle of the field, would you have called it a foul? And in fairness, yeah, I would have I would have called it a foul. but this is a light penalty. This is a super light light penalty like, featherweight penalty, right? Anyways, Patrick Schick, somehow, by the way, Patrick Schick was able to take this penalty despite the fact that he had blood dripping from his nose. And normally that means he gets taken off the field, he's not allowed to come back on until the referee clears him, because that's usually what happens when you stop stop the game. Is that the referee brings you on. But this referee didn't do that. For some reason he allowed Patrick Schick to take this penalty kick. Regardless of his condition and regardless of the rules. So Schick takes it and makes it 1-0 for the Czech Republic. The referee was really sloppy this game. was really sloppy all game. Right? There were accounts from people in the stadium that said he kept dropping the cards out of his pocket. Like, come on, dude. <laughs> come, come on. You're you're refereeing at the Euros. Like, like, you can't put on a much better performance than that. But regardless, 1-0 for the checks at the halftime. Only two minutes out of halftime off of a quickly taken free kick by... Uh, Andrej Kramaric, he finds Ivan Perisic at the left wing, he breaks free down the left w- wing, cuts into the right, and curls a beautiful, beautiful shot into the right side netting with his right foot, making things even, and that was it. That was the final score, 1-1, that is how we got there, looking at the stats, Czech Republic had 51% possession to 49% for Croatia, so a little more even of a game in terms of possession. 1.56x uh, G for the Czechs to 0. 0.92 for Croatia. They both had 11 shots. Uh, Croatia created more chances than the Czechs did by a score of 10-7. to 7. Uh, The Czechs only completed 79% of their passes. Meanwhile, the Croatians completed 82%. Uh, 11 shots for each side, like I mentioned. Two shots on target for the Croatians, as opposed to one for the Czechs. Seven shots off target (laughs) for the Czechs, interestingly enough. Eight shots inside the box for the Czechs, however, as opposed to six for Croatia. So, Croatia has work to do, considering they only have one point. And this whole group is a mess. This entire group is a mess because of the other game that happened this afternoon, the bigger game that happened this afternoon. England versus Scotland, only our second ever shameful score line of nil-nil in this in this tournament. And this one was the worst. <laughs> right? This might have been the most boring game of all of them, right? it was raining at wembley it the pitch was slow everyone seemed like 5 steps behind what was actually happening keeping in mind right for the very first shameful scoreline right just a couple of days ago right when spain drew 0-0 with sweden right if we take a look at those stats even though it's a nil nil spain had 85% possession And 17 shots to Sweden's four. Like, it was clearly like a one-sided game where one side had their foot on the gas, right? This one, nine shots from England, 11 from Scotland, right? 60% possession for England and 1.45 XG to 40% for Scotland and 0.66 XG right? Passing was okay, but in a in a game with a scoreline like that, there's still a winner and a loser, right? And so there's really two things that I took away from this watching this game, and I will do my best to be as impartial as I possibly can, but that being said, Scotland won this 0-0 draw. They really won this nil nil draw right like it says that there was 1.45 xg for england scotland's defense was arguably the tightest it has been the entire tournament and one of their tightest that they've put on for the last couple of years they did a great job in terms of blocking shots six blocked shots of england's nine for scotland today David Marshall really only needed to make one or two saves, one save, right? One diving save for each keeper in this game, right? Uh, Scotland, right? Keep this in mind. Scotland had more shots on target with two to England's one. England had six shots off target, right? The closest that we got in this game to a goal was a headed attempt by John Stones that went off the right post of the goal. That was the closest we got to an entire goal this game, right? Because that's how good Scotland was defensively. That was the kind of effort that they needed to put forth in the Czech Republic game in order to get a result from there. In fairness, David Marshall would not have been able to save that worldy of a goal from Patrick Schick. But he might have been able to put a good effort on Schick's header if Schick wasn't unmarked like he was back on that game. Scotland did a great job. They did a great job in terms of interceptions, in terms of uh, just bringing the ball up the field. They had five interceptions to England's two. They did a great job. I think Scotland really... Won this nil-nil draw. Because more importantly now for Scotland, they need a win now against Croatia in order to really, you know, make an impact, right? Because as things are right now, if they draw, two points is not enough to make them one of the four best third-place teams. But if they win, they kind of look like one of the best fourth place teams, if they can win 2-0 over Croatia, it's highly possible that they can. Because whatever Croatia brought to this tournament, it's really not been really working for them, right? Because if we think back to the beginning of this tournament, Czech Republic was not really one of the odds-on favorites to to do well in this tournament. Now, favorites before a tournament and what we actually see at a tournament are two different things, right? This Czech Republic team has been fantastic throughout the entirety of the time. Their backline has been superb. The defensive midfield of Alex Kral and Tomas Suchek has been fantastic. Patrick Schick has been putting on a fantastic performance at striker that they didn't even see a Bayer Leverkusen this season. So, keeping that in mind, I think it might be tough for England coming up against this Czech Republic team, especially. When it comes to my second takeaway from this game, if Gareth Southgate puts this lineup out again, I think they might lose to the Czech Republic, right? So allow me to to run this lineup down for everybody, right? So we have Jordan Pickford, Reese James, John Stones, Tyrone Mings, and Luke Shaw in the back and in goaltender for Pickford, right? Defensive midfield of Declan Rice my boy, and Calvin Phillips, who had a fantastic game the last game and deserved his starting spot. And I'll be the first to admit, Declan Rice did not really have a great impact on either of these games. I could see him getting subbed off, and I think it might be defensible, right? Striker of Harry Kane, right? But the three offensive midfielders were Mason Mount, who had a great game last game, Phil Foden and Raheem Sterling. Phil Foden got taken off for Jack Grealish in the 63rd minute, and England looked more deadly with him on the field. Now, Grealish can play either side of the midfield, right? So he can play left, he can play right. Um, but most importantly, Garrett Southgate only used two substitutions. He only used Jack Grealish for... Mason, or for Phil Foden, as I mentioned, and he took off Harry Kane for Marcus Rashford. Um. Yet again, we saw the disrespect for Jadon Sancho uh, from from Gareth Southgate. I don't know what it's going to take for Gareth Southgate to bring Jaden Sancho onto the pitch, but it needs to happen if England want any success. It's a bit embarrassing that Sancho has not been been on the pitch at all, that he has not touched the pitch at all for this game. If it were me... Being the head coach, I would take off Declan Rice and replace him with Mason Mount. I would put Jack Grealish at central attacking midfield, and I would put Jaden Sancho on the right wing, because Jaden Sancho is by far and away, I would say alongside Raheem Sterling, the most creative player, and, and Grealish as well, the most creative player that this England squad has. And for some reason, he has not made a single appearance in this game. In this tournament, it took Jack Grealish until the 63rd minute. Arguably the best midfielder that England has right now, by the way, coming into the tournament. It took until the 63rd minute of this game. So 90 minutes the last game he didn't play. And up until the 63rd minute... Of this game, that's 153 minutes out of 180 minutes that Jack Grealish has not been on the field. That's ridiculous to me. That is insane to me. And Jaden Sancho has been off for all 180. A lot of criticism in the English media is going to be tossed on the players and has been tossed on the players. I blame Gareth, right? Right? As a Scotland fan, they should have easily beat Scotland today. They should have creamed Scotland today, and for some reason they didn't because they were not put in a position to succeed attacking down the wing, right? He took off uh, Kieran Trippier for Rhys James, and he took off... uh, I want to say Ben Ben Chilwell for Luke Shaw, right? Luke Shaw had a pretty decent game, right? I thought Reese James had a pretty decent game as well, but they were not well-supported enough with consistent chances up front with the wingers that they were paired with. Phil Foden did okay, but he didn't create quality chances, and neither did Sterling, Right, Harry Kane had one of the worst shooting performances at a major tournament I have seen from him. Just period, end of story. So going into this last game against the Czech Republic, I I need to see Jaden Sancho on the field starting this next game. I need at least a couple of changes. I need at least two changes, and it needs to involve fielding your most creative players up front. Because after a nil-nil draw, it's it's what you need. And if you can't see that, then the FA can call me, and I can be your new manager. But I don't think I'm the only one that saw that this afternoon. So with that, uh, thank you all for listening. We get to look ahead now to the games tomorrow, which, oh boy, oh boy, the games, the games tomorrow. Uh, at 9 a.m. Eastern time, we have ourselves a little matchup in Group F of Hungary versus France at the Puskas Arena in Budapest, Hungary, noon Eastern Portugal versus Germany at the Allianz Arena, and then at 3 p.m. at the Estadio de la Cartuja in Sevilla, uh, we have Spain against Robert Lewandowski's Poland. So, Bayern fans, it's a full day tomorrow. Be sure to tuck in, get your rest. Be sure to be up, and oh boy. We might see Germany out of the tournament by tomorrow. Who knows? Who knows? We will see you all later, and we will be here to cover it all, so be sure to stay tuned uh, to BavarianFootballWorks.com for the latest updates. Be sure to follow us on Twitter at BavarianFBWorks, and you can make sure that you see the latest and greatest updates and listen more specifically, listen to the latest and greatest that this uh, podcast has to offer when you subscribe to us at any of your preferred uh, audio content spaces. So we will see you all later.